everyone. Well, welcome back um, to Perspectives. Uh, and we are still here with our fellow guest, Sharita. And we're just going to pick up where we left off. Um, and Lisette, I think you are a good one for this to kind of get a little bit, you know, kind of uh, bring out a little bit more of this. But yeah. um, Sharita really started to touch on that, I would say, connection, but also that disconnect between the church or Christianity and just a lot of social justice you know, white supremacy issues that we're always talking about on here. So I'll let you ladies take it away from here so we can get a little <laughs> bit deeper. <laughs> okay. Yeah, happy to do so. I think uh, if y'all have been watching our channel, there was a, an episode where Martina interviewed me and we, uh, she coined social justice Christian warrior for, <laughs> for me. Uh, and and it, it has been a journey and off, off screen, I was telling Sharita how, you know, growing up uh, evangelical, uh, but in the sort of a, a Latino church, uh, but from a institution or organization that was really uh, white centric, but not understanding that at the time and just sort of, you know, doing just kind of learning and being there. And, you know, there's the, the, the white supremacy of it all, but also the patriarchy side of, of Christianity and how that kind of comes into play and in what we see. Uh, and how a lot of the times there's 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 not a lot of conversation on social issues. There isn't the church doesn't step in a lot of the times into the community needs, which the church is there for their community, for the people. You know, it, it's there to be. You know, in my eyes, it's supposed to be just you know you're just an extension of Jesus on this earth, uh, and you are there to to clothe people, feed. Uh, whether spiritually, whether, you know, literally feed people and, and, and be there as, as guides, as mentors, and, and, and really help uplift community. And we don't see that a lot, uh, particularly in the United States. Uh, you have a, a huge white evangelical hold uh, that has a very different understanding of Christianity as I understand it now and what I see in practice now. Uh, so I think that uh, as Sharita, you were sort of talking in the last episode and you kept sort of coming back to that faith and, and wanting a challenge that uh, I definitely knew that we had to sort of dig in and, and, and dive into this because it's a reality that a lot of people in, in the faith struggle with, uh, particularly in the last, you know, I say the last two, three years where we've seen so many social injustices happen around us uh, and the church really stay silent is a very a small number of groups and churches that I've seen that will step in, but they're not in the, they're not in the mainstream. You don't hear of them, you know, and it's unfortunate because, you know, that that should be the voice of the church uh, more so than what we see now, but I'll kind of let you respond or react to, to, to it all. Yeah. You know, it's a frustration for me. Um, especially in Chicago right now um, and across our nation. I just feel like um, right now, organizations of faith should have, you know, an answer in, in, in terms of a response to what we're seeing. And I think about, especially, you know, within the African-American community, um, as I am following this, these footsteps of Dr. King, and this is his last book that I've been reading. Um, and he talks about the importance of our faith um, because faith inspires hope, right? And if we have hope, no hope, 
we have nothing, right? If we have nothing to look forward to when we yeah. get up the next day, if we have nothing to look forward to, that something is on the horizon and that we will see the goodness of God while we are living here on this earth, then it challenges challenges the very inner root of who we are as human beings. We were We were made to hope. We were made to have a hope, right? And so I feel like um, in many of our, our, our communities, the reason why we see such high levels of apathy, that there is no hope, that things are always going to be the way they are, is because, especially in the African-American community, again, um, there is data out, and, 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 and I can share the link with you all to share with your, your, your viewers. Um, I serve on one of the, the, the um, advisory boards for the University of Chicago Trauma Center. And part of our role for the chair that I, the committee I chair, which is the Maternal Child and Health Committee, is every two years, uh, hospitals have to collect this data called the CHNA, which is the Community Health Needs Assessment. So right now, the University of Chicago is doing that. They're collecting that data. And so what we do is we create these community profiles for each one of the communities on the south side of Chicago. So right now, you can see the data from 20, 2019, I believe, is the last data set. Um, but from Roseland to High Park to South Shore to, to, I mean, you name it, you can see the data for the community. Um, but when you go to predominantly African-American communities, it also shows the number of faith-based organizations in each one of those communities. And so in some communities, there are over 100 churches. I can see that. In some communities, there are 70, 90. I mean, the numbers are off the charts. And so you think about if there are 100 institutions that are supposedly following the practices of Jesus Christ, there should be some kind of, I mean, out of this world level impact. Yeah. Right? Um, spiritually and socially, uh, natural and spiritual, but we don't see that. And so we have to go back to, like, so why? Why aren't we seeing that? And I don't think that there's an answer for it. I think that there's a, a, a lot of different answers about the divisions and just even the question of why you have 100 and not five or four that are collectively working together. And so what have we been taught about the divisiveness, about why each of us has to have our own, and put our own stake in the ground and say, this is mine, uh, whether it's five people in one or 5,000 in another. And so what does it mean? What have we been even taught, you know, in, in through our struggles in this country about you know, the misconceptions we have and the distrust we have against one another about working together. So maybe now if I work with you, your members be become my members or just some of the silly things all the way down to the complexities of uh, deep-rooted seeding about who we are as faith believers and what our responsibilities are. And I believe, you know, that somewhere along the way, uh, I heard a person coin the term as such that we lost what we came for. So we, we, we came for truth that connects us beyond ourselves, right? That connects us to someone bigger, that allows us to connect with people who are different from us in how they look and how the, language, the languages that they speak. But the very institutions that we go to get this from are divided themselves. And so I am, you know, an advocate for uh, the non-traditional ways and approaches of, of, of living our faith. 
that our faith is more than me walking into a building um, on a Sunday morning uh, with people who look like me, right? Um, but how we practice that faith on a daily basis. And I think that's a disconnect as well, that my faith is not about a political party. My faith is bigger than that. My faith goes even beyond, and, and I'm going to say this, and I, I've, I've, I've said this to, to have some very robust conversations with Black folks when I've said this. And I said, because if I could only see life as a Black woman, oh, I would be pretty mean around this piece. Mm. Oh, I could get real angry around this piece. And I could seek justice in a multiplicity of ways. Mm -hmm. I said, but it is because of my faith that I see even my race and the hope and the beauty of, of being a Black woman in this country. I said, and so, you know, as a person of faith, how does it even help define who I am and help to mold and shape my reactions and my responsibility? my community. If nothing more, people of faith should feel compelled to do something in our communities. Um, I remember walking down the street. Um, I was leaving my church. My church is in, in, in the Inglewood community. And I am challenging my church right now about uh, that very space. And uh, there was a young man walking past me. And he was like, oh, sister, you don't have to hold your purse. And I said, hold my purse. I said, I wasn't about to hold my purse. And he was like, started laughing. And he said, um, uh, oh, I thought you was, you know, you were scared of a brother. I said, uh, no, not <laughs> at all. I said, and let me apologize if anybody in this building has made you feel that way, mm -hmm. that they were fearful of you. I said, because they shouldn't be. And, 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 and really, you should feel love um, exuding from us. I had a long conversation with the brother. That was a whole nother story. But, but long story short, um, is that I, I believe that um, we, as people of faith, really have to challenge how we live um, out that faith on a day-to-day -day basis and how we live it in such a way that people can see it before we say it. I should see it before you say it, um, because I think it is the only thing that our young people will even be attracted to at this time um, is us living that out. The institutions and the rigidity of, 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 of oftentimes our denominations and, and all, they're not interested in any of that, they could care less. Um, but they are drawn to us um, in how we live and practice that faith and love every day. So I, I think that there is a personal responsibility that, that people often avoid um, to hide under the umbrella of uh, uh, we're against we're we're we're, we're pro-life, you know, or 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 about you know uh, a, a gay marriage or whatever, and so we hide under the umbrellas of those two two ideas, but we fail to live out that neighborly love that we're supposed to show. We we fail to show kindness and 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 to show grace to people, and you know, we fail on those ends. But we will rally um, to get behind these two ideas, uh, and, and and that is the only place that we demonstrate uh, how we are a Christian is, is our uh, alliance and allegiance with these two spaces. And I uh, argue that there's a lot lot more that God is holding us accountable to than yeah. uh, whether or not we are pro-life or whether or not we support gay marriage. Yes, to everything you said, Sharita. Oh, uh, you, you made me uh, remember uh, a pastor that I, I had when I was younger who would say, you know, 
don't be just a Sunday Christian because what matters is what you do from Monday to Saturday. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that always has stuck with me. And I, I always think about like when, when, you know, when I think about like, like, okay, what, you know, what am I doing today? Like, you know, it's, it's what matters in between those times, not when everybody sees you, not when you're, you know, your hands are raised and you're praising and you're at the church and everybody can see it's what you do, you know, in between those days, you know, it's what you do when you are one-on-one -on -one with someone, when you're, you know, alone yeah, and you're sort looking. of having when no one's looking um just while i was here in, in san diego and um I, I i know that our our times are bold times and that's one of the things that our uh, training team for the multicultural leadership academy at the latino policy forum is working on now so how can we uh, equip our leaders to be more bold be audacious you know, um, especially in this time period, because everybody's talking, it's so much chatter, you know, um, but how, but when someone is bold and is speaking truth and wisdom, those words break through sound barriers of chatter, right? So how can we equip them to, uh, to embody this and to, to step into their spaces with this type of presence? And uh, I, so I was, I was leaving out of a target here in, in San Diego, and I think one of the things that we always have to remember is that as people of faith, that's never off. It's always on. It's always on, right? Um, and, and that's the challenge. So even when somebody cuts me off in traffic and throws up a finger, <laughs> I might want to turn it off. <laughs> yes. But, but, but they said, uh -uh, leave that on. Leave it on. <laughs> And so, you know, in those moments, you know, we, we, we should feel compelled, especially when we see people in need. And so here I am in San Diego, thousand miles from Chicago. I'm coming out of Target. There's a young lady out there. I, I know she's got to be a teen and she's selling um, candy. Um, I don't have any cash. And, and I say, you know, I don't have any cash. But I'm wondering why is she out here at 10 o'clock at night? selling these M&Ms and, and, and candy bars. She's not doing it for like a club. You can tell she's doing this for life. Like I, I'm selling this candy and I'm gonna exactly. use this to live off of. And I said to her, I, I don't have any any cash. I said, but, but I have something better. Um, I can pray for you and I know God hears me when I pray. But what do you need him to do for you? Tell me what you need. And she just began to tell me her story. And um, she's 17. And something we talked about earlier, she wasn't safe at home with her mom and her mom's boyfriend. And she was given an ultimatum and she left. And so uh, she's out here in San Diego and um, uh, living with someone. And you could see life uh, all on her and she's only 17. 17, yeah. Wow. And you can see life, right? Um, and so, spoke with her for quite some time and um and then I shared some words with her and encouraged her and challenged her on some things as well and one of the things I felt in that moment to share with her was that whenever she's ready for opportunity opportunity is going to come to her and that's what she wanted she's she wants an opportunity to get out I've made some decisions I want to get off of here um, and so not only did I talk to her in that moment, but I, I did what I said I was going to do and, and, and I pray for her. 
but 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 it wasn't just in that moment. I kept her and have kept her with me since I met her there. So much so that my brother went back the next day uh, while I was handling some business and talked to her, gave her some money, and was like, you know, um, if there's any way we can help, here's our information. You know, reach for us. We you know we don't live here, but whatever we can do to help, we can do. Um, and I think that's what being on is all about. Leaving Target, uh, whether you're at the Starbucks or whatever, but we're on, and 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 I believe that we can be these ambassadors of truth and love. I, I told someone I really believe this last revival that we are looking and hoping for is really going to be a love revival, um, because love is very difficult. It can be difficult, especially for people uh, who demonstrate that they don't love you. And to live our way, our lives in such a way that demonstrates it and can, can be difficult. And so I believe that that's, that's the challenge for us in, in this, this latter part of our lives and, 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 and being here, uh, you know, is how can you love? How do you demonstrate love on a daily basis? And I think if people would, would uh, um, ask themselves that question uh, every day, usually love doesn't want you to to demonstrate her or him uh, through loving those who love you. That's easy. That's easy. It's about those who don't know you um, or those who demonstrated already that I don't love you. Um, and so how do I demonstrate that to them? Sometimes it's just a kind word, a kind act, a kind gesture, um, a, a soft prayer, a whispered prayer. Um, and so I believe that we have to be challenged in how we mature in our faith and understanding that um, just as we talked in our last conversation about evolving who I am as a woman, as an African-American woman, who I am as a believer also evolves and grows. Um, and how I show and display my faith um, has grown with me. Um, I am truly not where I was when I was 25 years old and had that life, life transformation for me. Um, it made me really begin to make more purposeful decisions. Um, and so, you know, but where I am today is, is, is I understand the truth uh, that I know to be true um, and how I live my, my life. And it doesn't mean that I get it right every day. Um, and when I don't, you know, I ask forgiveness. I forgive myself. I forgive others and I keep it moving, you know. Um, and so I think that, you know, we have to set um, goals of intentionality um, to demonstrate uh, who we are as um, African-American women, as Latino women, as women of color, as women who are professionals, as life mentors, as life cheerleaders of those who we are championing in our lives, as believers, and all of the intersectionalities of who we are on a daily basis. And as, as, and as we go throughout our day, life will call upon us to demonstrate one or the other. And here, I need you to demonstrate this. Over here, I need you to demonstrate more of this. And it's just more of one. It doesn't mean that there's less of the other. This one is just coming to the forefront in that moment. And that's how I believe people see us shine every day. I, uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate it because you... You make me think of challenging the very individualistic Christianity that we see mm -hmm. into more of this 
you know, really this body of Christ, right? Like yeah. it, we yeah. don't see this, you know, it isn't about being divided. It, it's about seeing each other. I think in the last episode I said, you know, it's important to be seen and it is important even as a believer to see others for, for who they are, accept them as they come. I mean, we come to Jesus as we are. Absolutely. So, you know, and it's the same thing, you know, it, it's not for us to, to judge. It's not for us to do. It's for us to just show that love that, you know, Jesus shows us. And I think you, you, you definitely coined it right. Where I think love is, love is the important and it's going to be key, you know, and loving those that are hard to love, loving those that you don't know, you know, and, and being there for those, you know, and, and then people are like, well, that's not my problem, but you know, it, it kind of is because if you are a believer, you, you take on, you know, that responsibility. Uh, and if you didn't take it on, I gave you the responsibility, whether, now, whether you accept it or not, it doesn't mean that he didn't give it to you and he's not going to hold you accountable to it. And so I think, you know, oftentimes, you know, people may focus just on their family and does God want you to focus on your family? Absolutely. But there is an extended family that he also wants you to be concerned about. Um, so those young people who maybe your children are hanging out with that you're really concerned about, don't just be concerned about them, bring them in, you know, um, love on them. Um, I remember, you know, growing up as a teen, my, my friends, they weren't, being raised in Christian homes, and and I was you know kicking against um, my Christian home, so I preferred to go to their house. We could do whatever, you know what I mean. And they preferred to come to my house, and I'm like, I can't do it right. They're like, no, because we're here. We just, but I believe that there was something that they felt in my home yeah. that was different from their home that they preferred to go to my house. Now I'm looking. For something else, you know what I mean? Not appreciating mm -hmm. and valuing and really understanding what I had at home. Yeah. And so I think that we can create those spaces and not just at home, but at work. Your office can be that space that people feel like, you know, I just feel like when I'm in your office, the, the world is just, we're just isolated, but nothing can, exactly. And so you can create those spaces wherever you are. And and people need those. We are in a space now between COVID and the, 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 the social um, injustices and the racial unrest and everything that we're encountering right now. I think people need those safe spaces and we can help create them and then teach them um, how we came into a place where uh, we can have that peace in life, no matter what is going on. Doesn't mean that things are always well. Like my mother said, you know, life isn't always Sunday, but it isn't always Monday either. You know, um, so you know how we can still um, have Sunday and Monday experiences, and that's where that hope comes from, and that's why who we are is so important, and and that's why speaking out and um, you know calling out um, uh, acts, words, deeds. Um, ideas, principles, thoughts um, that don't demonstrate and don't line up with our faith and the teachings of our faith, we have the responsibility to do that. Jesus was turning over tables. <laughs> um, he, he was radical, right? Um, in the sense of his um, desire for integrity amongst those who were claiming to be a part 
of the faith. And so I just, you know, um, commend those who are walking this journey. It's not an easy one, but it's a necessary one. And, and there is a place for us in, in, in this time and in this season. And it's a place for us to be bold and um, to be bold with our faith. There it is. <laughs> that, that was great. I mean, there's there's more probably that we could ask and, and like keep going. So that doesn't mean that we got to have you back. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that, you know, that was great to hear you talk about having the love and that hope and that faith. And to me, it just comes up to just treating people how you want to be treated as well and being nice to one another. It doesn't take much, you know, even me being being a very introverted person, like, here in my neighborhood, as I'm as I'm walking down the street, I have people just smile, you know. And and you know, for a city like Chicago, you know, you would think, you know, you gotta be a little careful, right? But you know, but, you know just walking down the street and people smile or they wave and they say, "Have a good day." It's to me that's all a part of just treating people how you want to be treated. Absolutely. And to hear that message of you of you talking about about the young man and he thought you were holding his purse, and yeah. you know it's. To me, it's really sad and a shame in a way that that's how some people feel about that as it as it would relate to the church. And that's not you shouldn't be no. wanting people to stay away. You sh I mean, it is supposed to be welcoming to all people. And, you know, I just I want us to get there. And I don't I don't really know what it needs to happen and what's going to take. I mean, it's probably more love and, you know, just hope and faith. But you know, getting getting people to just like you said, not just focus on those two issues. A lot yeah. of other stuff. There's a lot more. There's a lot, a, a lot that's going on, but we only seem to focus on these two. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah it just you know, thank you for that message, and I'm so happy that our viewers and our listeners will have a chance to hear this and to and to listen to you talk about it because it was it was great. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm, and I'm glad to have, like I said, to have an opportunity to be on the podcast with you all and just to spend time and space with you. And it's, it's just been a blessing for me just to see you all, powerful women, you know, in this role and bringing people together to talk, to have conversations um, so that we can all grow together. Life is about growth, right? Um, none of us should be where we were last year. You know, um, we should be moving forward and ahead and, uh, and that's what this is all about. So this is about growth. And I thank you for this opportunity to grow with you all. Thank you. Thank you, Sharita. Uh, as Martina mentioned, we'll definitely have you back as a, as a guest uh, and, and having more conversations. Uh, but thank you for sharing that. Thank you for, for being with us for these two uh, episodes of this conversation. Uh, and I, I appreciate it. We appreciate you. Thank you to our viewers and our listeners for, for tuning in. And, and I hope that you all have uh, gained something out of uh, this conversation. Uh, if you have any questions, any thoughts, you know, you can put it in the, the comments below or you can uh, DM us on Instagram. We'll make sure to link those uh, those uh, those things uh, in the description box so you can reach us. Uh, if you have any questions for Sharita, please let us know and we will filter them to her. And when we when we have her back, we'll definitely touch base on, on some of those things. But Absolutely. it has been great. And I appreciate uh all of the, the 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 wisdom and everything you have shared with us, and uh, I know I'm gonna take some time to just 
uh, digest everything. And as Martina, I'm an introvert. So I'm a process. A lot of these it's things. A lot. It's a lot to process. A lot and, to and have some uh, additional conversations. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Sharita. Thank you to our viewers and our listeners. And we will be back uh, with some more episodes in the future. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.